This is episode 43 of the Coffee Break Podcast. Our guest today is Gerard Littlejohn. And boy, am I telling you what, this is a fun conversation, very inspiring. Gerard has a great story of utilizing and taking advantage of opportunities as they have come uh, available to him and also creating opportunities. It's all about being persistent and patient, and he's going to share a lot of that insight today on the podcast. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to be here today. Oh, man, it's it's going to be fun. Now, here's the thing. On every episode, we have one segment is recurring. It's called Rapid Fire. Five randomly selected questions with unknown point values okay. just to get under your skin a little bit. So, are you ready? I, I guess so. Tell us the story about your first crush. Oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jump right in there on that. Uh, I was in I was in middle school, sixth grade. Um, I'm not gonna say her name because yeah. this would go on Facebook. Sure, so yeah. um, uh, I was in middle school, sixth grade. Uh, um, she would call the house all the time. Uh, my mom would pick up the phone and say, "You stole this phone? Get off the phone!" And so. Um, uh, Chased after for a little bit, but it was one of those things like who knows anything in sixth grade. Yeah. So, so that was it. But um, man, that was the fir- that's the first thing I could think about. So, yep. let's move on. All right, <laughs> celebrity lookalike. Uh, I get chance to rapper a lot. Um, that's probably the biggest one. I I, I get that one a lot. I've, even when when your wife says it, yeah. that says a lot. So I I get chance to rapper a lot. I could see that. I could see if it, it, yeah. I could I could <laughs> see that. All right. Um. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. If you could be one superhero, which one would you be? Um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Why? Got to think about it. He's got money. Yeah. Uh, Wakanda. He's got influence. Um, he's got like this super titanium. Uh, no, titanium. Um, why am I drawing a uh, whatever it's called? Yep. Uh, that's in Wakanda. <laughs> uh. Vibranium, thank you. Vibranium, I could not think of it. It's rapid fire. Yeah. He's got vibranium, so he's he's got more money than Tony Stark. He's got mm-hmm. more money than Bruce Wayne, so give me Black Panther. Black Panther. All right. Uh, crazy most interesting relative. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the podcast sake, um, gosh, most interesting relative. Um, uh, not by not by blood, but uh, I think my brother's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I used to play in the NFL for a little while, uh, played for the Panthers, played for the Ravens, oh, wow. uh, worked for him with the foundation. So uh, cool. my, my brother, Smitty, I'd say he's pretty interesting. So yeah. I, I, I'll roll with that one. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and then the last one, what is one strange fact that you happen to know? A weird fact. One strange fact? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, strange fact that I know. Um, I can probably... Um, for a while, I could run off all the winners of the past NBA Finals per year, 
I probably got a little rusty from that before. Oh, wow. And because I used to work in the NBA, sure. I would have to look through media guides. So I used to have a running list of if you asked me, you know, who won the NBA finals in, you know, 1992, I'd be able to tell you clearly that's the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. But so I used to be, I used to be pretty good with that. But if you ask me now, I might be a little bit rusty. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. All right. So that's all five questions. You passed a score okay, 743. Which oh wow! Is, it's not it's not too shabby. That's, like a, that's a decent credit score. Yeah, that's that's dude. That's, that's <laughs> cool. Well, um, so let's kind of jump into the conversation. Yeah. So we've we've come to to this table together based off of uh, one of our mutual connections, Aaron Beaver, who uh, you worked with uh, at a at a church in the production department, and mm-hmm. now we're kind of sitting here at, at this conversation. And he one of the reasons that he wanted to get you in here today is because he said. You're such a very interesting guy that's in a lot of things. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about you that he brought to the table was that you're big on getting other people involved, getting people in the community involved in whatever it is that you're you're a part of. So I want to kind of dive into that. So I've, I've done some Google research on you because that's, that's always where you start, you do, right? right? So you Google your name and a lot of interesting stuff comes up. Yeah. Most everything good. Yeah. I found out a little bit that you, and you already kind of alluded to it, you worked in the the NBA, so you've done a lot of kind of media relations type stuff. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about just kind of your background and how you got involved in that, because that's not something that you just fall into overnight, I would imagine. Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, I, I spent a good part of my career working in media relations, public relations, communications, whatever you want to call it. And I really just kind of, I don't want to say fell into it because I believe everything happens for a specific reason. So I don't want to say I fell into it, but I really had to evaluate myself once I got to college and mm-hmm. figure out what exactly do I want to do with my life uh, and my skill sets. And I went to college based on uh, taking up a major that a lot of people said they think I'd be good at, yeah. not necessarily what I wanted to do. Sure. And so I went to college with a computer science undergrad. Sure. Uh, excuse me, with a with a, um, uh, trying to go after a degree in in computer science. And so I did that because, you know, this is, gosh, I started high school in 1999. Yeah. I graduated in 2003. And so you're right on the the boom of technology, you know, right before internet, before there's social media, internet stuff. And um, that's what everyone told me I should do. Yeah. And so in high school, I took a computer engineering class. I, I did really good well at it. But when I got to college, I had to take calculus. I had to take statistics. Uh, and I'm not a math person yeah. by any means. And so I took these classes and I, and I struggled. I struggled my way through it. I, actually, I, I failed <laughs> both of those classes yeah. and had to look at myself and say, okay, what exactly do I want to do with my life? And so when I went back uh, and just kind of always like to basically recalibrate myself every okay. now and then and, and look back and say, what do I need to do? What do I need to tweak? So when I went look back, I started thinking about what am I good at? I've always been a great communicator, whether it's talking even though I didn't always like to do it, uh, or whether it was writing. I was always a great writer. And yeah. I enjoyed it. And so when I look back, um, I was like, man, I'm really good at those things. And even my senior year in high school, I took a journalism class. And because I was an athlete, my professor or my teacher at that time made me the sports editor of the paper. Naturally. I had no idea. What I was doing. <laughs> but at the end of that class, she said, you really need to think about taking journalism as a major. And I'm like, no way, lady. Like, computer science is where it's at. Yeah. Clearly, you're behind. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so, um, so, but then when I look back and I started reevaluating myself, I remembered those times when people, you know, reiterated mm-hmm. or showed me. And so, um, I started doing my research about communications, journalism, finding out that was a major. And, um, you know, I, I 
stumbled across public relations. And I thought it was a cool mix of marketing and writing and communicating. And so I just kind of went forward in doing that. And so I took this, um, and I, I can tell this story because it's, it's somewhat relevant. I took this course, PR Principles, and I had this uh, amazing professor, his name was Dr. Freitag, and uh, gave me this assignment to talk about what I think PR is. Hmm. I write this paper, I get a 97, and I look at this guy and I'm like, you gave me the wrong paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that this was mine. He said, no, I think you have a great career in this business um, just based off of this paper. And he said, I'll help guide you. And I probably went back to his office maybe three or four times and he just kind of got me started on where I am today. Sure. And so not too long after that, it was time for me to do an internship and um, through some connections with UNC Charlotte, I ended up landing with the Charlotte Bobcats and I did an internship with them. And I did so well and made so many relationships because that's really the name of the game. Yeah. I made so many relationships that uh, they brought me on and let me work um, my senior year in the PR office part time. Oh, wow. And so I did that for a year. And that took the place of the other part time jobs that I had because I come from a single parent home. Um, money was tight. And so I had to work. I had to do a work study on campus. I had a part time job that my mom helped me land working at the Marriott Uptown. And um, and so when I got hired my senior year, I didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And so that took the place of that. And then right out of right out of college, I walked into a full time role. And so did that. Worked at Lowe's for a little bit in PR. So that's just been my that's been my experience. But it wasn't by um, I didn't it wasn't my life's ambition sure. to work in public relations. Um, it wasn't what I ever thought I'd be doing. And even what I do today isn't what I thought I'd be doing. But at the same time. I think everything happens for a reason. And then when you, again, when you go back and you recalibrate and you look back, you're able to say, oh, well, that's why I have that skill set. Yeah. Well, that's why that happened to me. Well, that's why um, all these things kind of rolled out into in, in sequence. And so that's so I, I, I shouldn't say it's by happenstance, but I think it's definitely by order. So you, you took one of my favorite questions is, do you, did you ever think you at this point, you'd be at this point in your life right now? And you've already answered that question, but here Based off of everything you just said, I, I think one of the interesting things in business as a whole, and mm-hmm. so you talk about an organization like the Charlotte Bobcats, like Lowe's, whatever, PR, the ability to take something that is, I guess, maybe complicated and drive it down to where people can easily understand it and mm-hmm. and, and grasp that. Yeah. Why do you think that is something that's a skill set that you have been able to hone that you've gotten better at? And and it sounds like from the story that you just told, that's been a natural thing for you. It's naturally been an easy thing for you to take something and turn it into to something that people can digest. I, I think it's because I think very rarely do people nowadays do exactly what I just said. Like very rarely do people say, hey, here are my skill sets mm-hmm. and let me research something that I know that I can be well at and apply what I'm what I've been blessed with yeah. to making it a career. It isn't exactly what you asked me, but when I think about it, there are so many people who are miserable in what they do, right? Yeah. And I can relate because I've been at that point myself, right? Sure. Where you're in a job where you either feel like it's dead end or you feel like you're not being used. But for me, it's always, you know, risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure that I'm gonna get a reward at the end of the day. And so I've always made a I've always made a pact to myself that I want to be able to use my skill set in whatever I'm doing. So I just think I just take it a level up when you ask me that question is to where I just would 
I would always max, make sure I'm maximizing my skill sets. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I really yeah. do. I think a lot of people uh, probably did what, did what I did. Like, I want to go after what I think is going to be the most profitable and not mm. what my passion is. Yeah. And I think in order to have success, you know, you're, you have to intersect your passion with what you're good at. And if, if those two things don't align, somehow or another, you know, misery will find its seat at the table if you're not really doing both of those things. So that's just, for me, that's what I've always wanted to do. In in an earlier episode um, of a podcast, we had Alex, who's one of the co-founders of 2U Laundry on the podcast. Okay. He he had a very similar type story of, I went to the school because this was kind of the family business and it was, I'm pretty sure it was a doctor, but he got into, once he got into it, he found a complete different passion for entrepreneurship and right. building business processes. And it is very interesting with the the path that you originally start with versus where you end up landing can can always be different. But I think it is an interesting and unique skill of um of having the ability to to take that complicated information and convert it over to something that people can digest. That's just part of um it's something that not a lot of people have. Right. Right. Um Donald Miller for Story Brand, if you're familiar with that, he talks a lot about when you get into um, talking with somebody at a level 10, which is your expertise, mm-hmm. and they're they're making decisions based off of a, like a level one, right. how can you translate that down to closer to their 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 ability to grasp and apply what you're saying? Um, and that's all into what you're talking about from a communication standpoint. You know, I really love listening to podcasts and audiobooks while I'm driving, running, or sitting on an airplane. There's so much great information available that it's really been a game changer for our business. What's better than a podcast or audiobooks? Videos. If you haven't seen them yet, we've got over 300 videos on our YouTube channel. Behind the scenes of our operations, team activities, business development, pranks, and, well, let's get real, a lot of coffee making. So make sure you subscribe and get notified for our weekly postings. Just search LOCDOC on YouTube and you'll find all the videos there. Okay, back to whatever we're talking about. You worked with the Bobcats, you worked with Lowe's. You're in completely different roles now, and I don't want to jump too far into the story, but your current role is an executive director with the Steve Smith Foundation and as an entrepreneur starting your own business. How did you move into to those into those positions? I, I would imagine there were people that you've met along these paths that that uh, have been beneficial and influential in that. But how did that how did that work? So um, a, a couple things come to mind. Um, just like I said before, the key to all this stuff has been relationships. And so um, not too long after I was with Lowe's, I was with Dick Sporting Goods. And when I was working with Dick Sporting Goods, I was like a regional marketing manager, basically. And so in that role, I had to deal with a lot of people, right? Different relationships, mm-hmm. whether it's minor league teams, whether it's uh, running Dick Sporting Goods Foundation, doing some activating out of that. Mm-hmm. I was just always coming in contact with people. And so I ended up meeting a person who... Um, it's basically mutual friends between myself and Steve okay. Smith. And so we're talking, we're dialoguing. And so somehow we got on the fact of just basically chasing your dreams, right? That we're kind of talking about. And so we got on the fact of chasing dreams. And I was like, you know, I've, I've worked on the team side. Um, I've worked for a corporation. I was working for sports marketing with, with, with Lowe's and was working in marketing for Dick Sporting Goods. So I've always kind of been in this niche of, you know, sports and community outreach. And, and I wanted to figure out how to fuse the two. And so for me, I was like, I really think it'd be cool if I like ran an athlete's foundation. Sure. And I was telling Jeff, yeah. it's got to be the right athlete, though, because yeah. I've got my own morals. I've got my own values. And I want to make sure they're aligned. And I got to make sure that a, a guy's aligned with me and I'm aligned with that same guy. So he said, man, you, you should um, 
you should you should hit up Steve Smith. And I'm like, okay. Can I interrupt you real yeah, quick? Because sure. you just said something that is very interesting to me. I, up until this conversation, did not know that there were there was a role for somebody to operate an athlete's foundation. Yeah. How do you come aware of something like that? How, is that just because of the roles you were in, You, you that's what you were dealing with? It's, it's relationships, and then it goes back to, and, and we had this conversation a little bit before we started recording. It also comes down to, and it's a, it's a totally unrelated thought, but sometimes opportunities are created for you. Mm-hmm. Opportunities aren't always funded. Opportunities aren't always... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you don't just write a check and then expect an opportunity to happen. Sometimes it's creative, right? Sure. And so for me, um, this was not a role that was open. It wasn't on. You know, <laughs> it wasn't on Monster. It wasn't on Indeed. <laughs> like I didn't go and fill out an application. Sure. Like it was literally. I talked to Jeff. Jeff talked to Steve. Steve said, "Wait a minute. There's some. There's something there." Yeah. And it took a while. It took a year for this for this all to uh, happen and mm-hmm. for the process to happen. But this was created. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so that's what happens. And so you asked me about, um, you know, how that happened or, you know, being an entrepreneur, I created that. Yeah. I, I literally had what I feel like something, you know, basically dropped into my head or a, a thought mm. and like, man, I, I got an opportunity to create for other people while yeah. also creating for clients or whatever. And so that's where I came up with Creators Collab, which is my content development company that uh, that I started this year. And so in that, you know, I'm able to uh, not only create content for whether it's I've done a beer festival, I've done um, uh, I've done some stuff with other nonprofits. Um, and so is, whether it's doing that and then also creating opportunities for uh, people of color who sometimes get marginalized and don't get a chance to uh, work on brand campaigns or storytelling or long form or any of those other things. Yeah. I'm creating opportunities for them to where they can go out and be able to create content, to be able to have a seat, you know, at the table where otherwise maybe you may or may not had. So yeah. um, that's what's big for me. So when you when you ask me about that, like, well, how do you come across that? Well, it was created. Yeah. And, but you also have to learn how to navigate through those through those and, and, and learn how to permeate spaces. And that's what I was able to do. So mm. really, it just comes from relationships. And I think so often we forget the value of a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in a social media age where things sometimes are very transactional. But I think you have to learn, you know, the value of a relationship. And for me, the value of relationships in every single part of my life, whether it's going from an internship to working full time with the Bobcats to having to make a transition and go into corporate America to transitioning out and going to nonprofit yeah. to also you know, being an entrepreneur, every single part, there's been some sort of relationship. And so I think that 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 to me is the secret sauce. And I think people sometimes lose sight of that to where how powerful a relationship can be. So one of our favorite conversations that we've been having around here a lot lately is consistency. How much do you apply consistency to building relationships? How do you see those things connecting? I, I think there's consistency. And then I think there's also uh, reciprocity, right? I think that there is... It's one thing for me to be consistent, but I shouldn't be consistent in it being one-sided. It's, I should be consistent in that, hey, what do you need, Chad? And then Chad you know, or Gerard, what do you need? Mm-hmm. It, to me, a relationship, it, there should be some duality. There should be some reciprocity. There should be something to where I scratch my back, you scratch, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you should be consistent in pouring into that relationship, but never should you be consistent in always gaining. Gotcha. Or always having your hand out. And I think that's where mm. some people trip up because a lot of times it can be, and I know for a fact, um, that sometimes 
relationships can be transactional. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things personally I can't stand. Yeah. Because I don't want to feel like you always are coming at me because of what I can get you to. Now there's a, there of course there's you know you should want to help leapfrog people, right? Yeah. I think that's also a great portion of relationships to where I may not be your right resource, but hopefully I can help you get to the right resource. But I think a lot of times people are always in it for what's them. So it has to, it, there has to be duality in a relationship as well. So I think you should be consistent across all of that, but just never being consistent in what can you do for me? Sure. So one of the things that doing some research on you, um, it, it seemed like it was a theme in a lot of the articles which congratulations, by the way, on there's a lot of articles that have been written about you over the, know, over the good years. or bad or because there's an article. All the ones no. that I've read seem to be yeah. good, but it was a lot of it was consistent in the fact that you were involved in different areas of organizations that were developing community events, mm-hmm. finding ways to make whatever that organization that you were a part of relevant and involve people in the community. Right. Now, you've talked about creating opportunities. Uh, you've talked about how that those relationships can develop and things are created out of that. Why do you have a passion for community and community involvement? So that's, that's, that's a great question, and it's one that you know, I, don't, I don't mind answering. And for me, it's, it's because I know the other side. It is because um, you know, I, I grew up in Lexington, North Carolina, so it's about 45 minutes north of Charlotte, right outside Winston-Salem. And to be honest, I didn't grow up with much, you know, the older I get, the more I look back and I'm like, man, we really didn't have anything. And so it was me, my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, and my cousin, five of us in a, when we started out in a three bedroom apartment. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Someone's, someone's doubling up. Yeah. And so I slept in the bed with my mom until I was 13. That's when I finally got my own bed. Yeah. And so, um, uh, we moved out of, uh, the club apartments, which is a local project or, uh, um, in Lexington. Mm-hmm. We moved from there when I was maybe nine years old to a larger house, but it was also still around the corner from a liquor house, right? Mm-hmm. Still not too far from, you know, where some crack houses, dope houses or whatever. And so, um, so I know the other side, I know the feeling of being on the side. I know that I had to be in a YMCA after school program. I mm-hmm. know that I had to be the recipient of government assistance at times. And so for me, um, where I think I have success, um, where I think, you know, the Steve Smith Foundation has success is because we're always thinking about people who are on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's sometimes where, I th- again, I think sometimes people fall short because they're looking at, well, what's going to be the gain? Yeah. How many how many followers are we gonna are we gonna add or gain from something? Is this going to be in our social responsibility report? And for me, I could care less because I want to make sure that I'm impacting someone. I want to impact the next Gerard, you know, because someone did that for me. I think about, you know, when I was with, when I was with the Bobcats, you know, um, I had this guy's name is BJ Evans, great mentor of mine. Um, he took me under his wing. He's another African-American that understood, you know, opportunities are slim oftentimes. And so took me under his wing. Had he not created an opportunity for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Or even before then, when I've had coaches pour into me or I've had, um, you know, other other male mentors or other family members or whatever, you know, I can look back on a lot of on a lot of different things. But it it all comes back to people help create opportunities for me. So I need to do the same thing. And so for me, I always um, I had another mentor of mine. I had breakfast with yesterday and he said, as long as you continue to have your hand open. Yeah. and willing to always um, extend yeah. and always be willing to give, then more things will fall into your hand and you'll be able to help other people. So I try to keep that mentality. Um, he opened my eyes to that. So I try to keep that mentality of I'm always 
trying to help. I'm always trying to mentor someone or give opportunity or give opportunity or um, talk with someone or, or, or do something like this to where someone can just hear that and I, and they don't or hear my story and get inspired by it. So that's always been my thing. It's never been about, you know, the places that I've gone or who I hang out with or, you know, what I'm able to do. It's always about who's the next, right? Who is, who's the next Gerard? Who's the next, who's the next, you know, person that I can help. And so that's just really how I come about. That's how I go about it. And for me, that's probably never going to change. Yeah. I, I, there was a gentleman that I used to hear say very frequently, be generous on every occasion. Mm -hmm. And it's something that has just been ingrained into my right. my thought philosophy. And it's something that I think is kind of what you're talking about keeping your hand open, finding ways to be generous on every occasion because I think what you just described is being in a constant state of being future-minded hmm. because in that in that state, you can't be thinking about how's that immediate return for me right now. It's right. about what's happening in the future. For somebody to develop or to invest in somebody for the long term, for yeah. the future, yeah. that's being future-minded and not being uh, – not being uh, so caught up with what am I going to get in an immediate ROI right Correct. now? Correct. Correct. I think, you know, it's it's easy to try to, you want to measure your ROI right now, right? I want to know what's going to be my return on investment right now. A lot mm -hmm. of people go into deals like that. But again, if I even just put on my foundation hat right now, there are things that we've done that people would be, why are you guys doing that? Right? Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't, but it's helping someone. Yeah. Period. Right. That's what we're called to do. And so that's what we're going to do. And so um, and so for me, it's I can even drill down to a personal level. That's just what I'm going to be about. Right. Sometimes you do things that are unorthodox. Sometimes you do things that maybe don't make sense. But that's how you win yeah. in the end. To your point, I want to be future minded. I want to I want to know when I look back, when this is all said and done and I even think about it. What are people going to say at my funeral? Right. Yeah. What are people going to say? How did I impact someone? And I don't want someone to say, man, that Gerard, he, he kept everything to himself. No, I want people to say, no, he was he he thought about other people. He left a legacy. His kids now are standing on his shoulders and they're going to be able to, to continue what he started. And so I think about all that stuff yeah. and I could really care less sometimes about the short term. Of course, I don't want to I don't want to disrupt the short term. Uh, and disrupt a legacy or di disrupt anything I'm building. But I'm also, you know, I have to think about this long-term because I'm in it for the long term. Sure. Yeah. So it's the long-term commitment. In an article that was written about you back in, I think it was 2015. Man, you're doing like massive research. Well, dude. I mean, you got <laughs> Man, are you, are you the podcast host or you my PO? <laughs> uh, the, the, the concept was balancing persistence and patience. Yeah. Do you remember that article? Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Dive into that a little bit because persistence and patience, they conflict a little bit. It can be contradictory. How, how are you, how do you, how do you process both of those things simultaneously? That's a great question. And um, I'll, I'll answer it in, in, in two ways. First off, the persistent point. I tell a lot of people when I've either spoken or whether I'm mentoring someone, um, I have never been um, the guy who, who passes the, the, uh, uh, the, the scouting report, right? Like I don't have all the metrics. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a straight A student. Uh, I was a good student. I wasn't a great student. Um, you know, I was a good athlete. I wasn't a great athlete. Um, I'll probably even say decent, you know, but um, I, where I'm, what I'm saying in all of this is I've never been a guy that just checks off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. What I have been 
blessed with is that I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. If me and you were on a treadmill, I'm going to keep going until you give up, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm just very, very persistent. If there is a goal that I have in mind, I'm going to reach it. If I have to stay up late and bang out emails until one o'clock, well, that's just what I'm going to do. If I need to uh, go from here to there and there to here and I need to be in five places a, 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 throughout the day, then that's just what I'm going to have to do. If it if there is something that stands between um, me and my goal, you're going to have to get off the tracks because yeah. that's, that's just who I am. So the persistence part is just that when I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. That's just who I am. That's how my wife knows me. That's how my family knows me. That's how my friends know me is that when Gerard says he's going to do something, you can you can pretty much put it in the bank. That yeah. I'm just that persistent when it comes to hard work, attaining goals. I'm just I'm just a dog when it comes to that. Um, but the patience part is where um, it's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, we all want what we want when we want it, right? Sure. We're the microwave generation. You know, I'm I'm a millennial. I might be an older millennial, but I'm probably still a millennial. I'm 34. So you know, just because of our generation, we want something when we want it, right? Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is. We want it in our timing. And what I've had to learn over time is that things don't happen in my timing. Mm. Things happen in the timing that they need to happen within. And so it's definitely a delicate balance. I'd be lying to you if I said I got it right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why it is a balance, right? When you really think about a scale, sometimes things are up, yep. sometimes things are down. Sometimes my persistence is really up. You know, sometimes my patience is really up. Sometimes I struggle between the both of them, but it really is trying to make a balance of those things. And so, um, Again, do I have the recipe down? I don't, but I do know that you have to have both of those things within your life because if you work really hard and you don't have patience, well, you're just going to get frustrated, right? Yeah. But if you have a lot of patience and you don't work hard, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. So it's really, it's sometimes it's pick your poison, but it's also, that's just kind of been my life that I'm very persistent. I am, you know, if there is, if there is a goal, I'm going to bust my behind until I reach that goal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a, surefire system you know and i hate to disappoint if you were looking for the exact answer or you were looking for a roadmap yeah. but um but it's definitely a balance right it's definitely a balance so i i was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, it was the the author of the war of art and i'm not i can't remember the guy's name but he he was talking about the difference between being an amateur and a professional mm -hmm. and the mindset associated with both and an amateur or a hobbyist is one that when it gets tough, mm -hmm. they give up. And a professional is one that has self kind of uh, implemented structure, guidelines, and expectations that you hold yourself accountable to because nobody right. else is. Right. And what you just described is that when when the going gets tough, when you're when you're trying to compete against somebody else, that you have the persistence to continue to push yourself through that. If it requires you staying up till early morning hours to do mm -hmm. something, travel on crazy paths to get there, that's what you're going to do because you're holding yourself accountable to that, not waiting on somebody else to tell you what to do. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started doing my internship, I had people say, because my, my internship was unpaid, yeah. but I'm still working, you know, 40 hours, 50 hours sometimes a week. And people are like, man, why are you doing that? And uh, even when I went and spoke, not too long ago, I had, I had a speaking engagement at uh, Johnson and Wales. And so I asked these these uh, high school kids, I said, how many, how many of y'all would do a job and you didn't get paid and you worked that many hours and nobody raised their hand? But then I said, how many people would love to be the, you know, head of marketing for the Charlotte Hornets? And everyone raised their hand. Mm -hmm. And I know those are kids, but I can tell you adults that are the same exact oh, yeah. way no. that don't want to put in the work. Or when it is time to put in the work, 
when some when they hit an adversity that they're, they're ready to quit. Mm-hmm. And you could be right on the brink of about to attain it and then you're ready to quit. Yeah. Or you don't want to put in the sweat equity that a lot of people do. And I think, you know, a lot of times I hear, you know, people were like, man, gee, you got it made. Or people think that, you know, hey, Gerard, I'd love to be in your position, but you haven't seen all the other stuff, right? You haven't seen when I do stay up late at night or when I sacrifice time with my family or I sacrifice time with my kids that, you know, you just see the the culmination of it. You see the pretty stuff. You see the stuff that's on social media or in an article, whatever, but you don't see the behind the scenes stuff, the blood, sweat, the tears that don't go into it. So I think so many, so many people have this image of hard work. And, and again, going back to the microwave society, people want when they want it yeah. now. And so people will often see where I'm at now and they want that. And that's cool, but you haven't seen it back here. Sure. And I can't, a lot of people, and I don't, I'm not going to start ranting on it because <laughs> I will, but a lot of people will be like, Hey G put me on. Man, that, that, that'll yeah. grind my gears because well, you haven't been with me when I started back here. You haven't been with me when I was working for free or I did a project for free or, you know, I was working part-time yeah. for the foundation and still working full-time in other roles and having to balance equip- the equivalent of two full-time jobs sure. at one time. Well, you didn't see that part, right? Mm-hmm. But you just see the part that I'm in now. And so um, I struggle with that sometimes because people people don't want to put in the hard mm-hmm. work and so in order for you to do that, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you want to get a promotion at your job, whether you want to be an executive, it, it can run across the gambit. Yeah. But are you really are you really willing to put in the hard work? And for some people, the answer is no. But then at the same time, if that answer is going to be no, well, you can't expect to have the reward at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, that, that, that phrase must be nice just it would drive you crazy because yeah. it's a, you know, it must be nice, but they, they don't, nobody, there's not a lot of people that want to put in the hard work to no. get to the must be nice classification, right. even though that's very skewed. You can't, you can't skip that part. Yeah. You can't skip it, but so many people want to skip it. Yeah. I, I, I reference this a lot cause I've heard Gary V say this quite, quite a few times. I will give you the entire playbook. I will tell you exactly what you need to do to get to where I'm at or to get to what I'm doing. But ninety nine percent of the people out there don't don't want to do it. They don't yeah. want to put in the hard work to get to it, yeah. and so they'll never they'll never achieve this level of success, whatever that is. Yeah. They're never going to do it because they don't want to put in the hard work to get to it. Yeah, or I can give you the advice. Like I I may not be able to give you the playbook because what worked for me may not work for you True. either. So I don't even know about the playbook, but I can at least give you advice on to hey, here's what I do. Here's maybe what I wouldn't do. But at the same time, I can't I can't. I'd rather it goes back to the whole, I'd rather show you how to fish. I can't fish for you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to the coffee break podcast. If this information has been helpful to you or you just really kind of like our theme song, can you help us out by rating us on whatever app you're using? And if you get really fancy, how about sharing a screenshot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn? Okay. Enough of all this. Let's get back to the conversation. So I want to I want to jump into this conversation because we alluded to it quickly when we were getting coffee before we came over here about kind of the concept of of having a seat at a table mm-hmm. um, and and being an influence when uh, sometimes you I don't know, sometimes it requires you to have some other experience to get you to that table, but that experience gets you the credibility to have the conversations with other people. Um. I know that's one of the things that you have mentioned multiple times in different areas. So talk talk to us a little bit about 
what that means and how you've seen that to be applicable in what you're doing on a daily basis. Yeah. So um, having a seat at the table is really just kind of in my DNA. It's 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 um, yeah. You like you've mentioned, I, I reference it a lot, and and it's big for me because um, as I've as I've gone through my career, as I've gone through these th- different stops on the way, um, I've been blessed to where I do have a seat at the table. Right there, there have been places that I'm able to go based on my hard work yeah. based on um you know what i've been able to do that i get a chance to to sit at the table whether it's in different board meetings whether it's with different brands whether it's been um whatever the case may be i've been able to have seats at the table because i've put in that hard work again but um what i'm really big on is how do i bring people with me right mm-hmm. or how do i create a whole new table right yeah. and so for me that's really what i'm what i'm big about i want to be able to give opportunities to people um or create opportunities for people uh because it, it happened for me and and the reason why that's important for me is i don't always feel like folks who look like me often represent it sometimes you you look at a case we were talking a little bit before you look at a case like 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 h&m when they had uh the 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 the, the kid with a monkey you know shirt sure. or whatever yeah. and what would happen if they would have had a person of color at their table right what if someone would have been and maybe they were there i don't know but <laughs> but but what what would have happened if you would have had maybe different people that are at that table and so for me that's a small example yeah but it's really big to where i want to be able to give opportunity so that's really from an entrepreneur standpoint, that's why I created um, uh, Creators Collaborative, which is my, like I said, my content messaging group. And so really where that came from is, again, I'm, I'm able to have some of these conversations and really use my skill set, which to what you've mentioned before, has been in PR, has been in media, um, uh, broadcast, what have you. I've, I've always kind of been in that realm. Mm-hmm. So how do I take my skill set yeah. and then take my influence and be able to help other people? So what I pretty much do whenever I'm developing content, whether it's, you know, social media content or videography or photography or whatever it is, I'm always looking to try to get, um, you know, freelancers of color, creators of color to where, you know, oftentimes we may be marginalized to only doing weddings or uh, rap videos or, or, or things that maybe don't showcase the full gambit, you know, of, of of your talents and your skill sets. Well, now I'm able to, because of the relationships that I've built over the course of time, you know, when I know that people have certain needs or I hear about that, I can bring people with me. And yeah. so that's really what's big for me um, because that's how you that's how you create change. <clears throat> a lot of people think that um, opportunity is 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 funded. I really don't think that. Right. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. companies that are out here in Charlotte now. Um, you know, Charlotte is ranked 50 out of 50 in upward social mobility. What is what does that mean? Well, it means that if you're born poor in Charlotte, you're more than likely to stay poor in mm-hmm. Charlotte. Um, and so out of 50 major cities, Charlotte is last. dead last, yeah. right? And so, well, well, what does that mean? It means that, well, people need opportunities, right? And I'm, I'm not relating my creators to, 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 to that, but what I'm saying is in order to invoke change in anything that you're doing, yeah. you have to create opportunity. You can't just, you can't just hand it out. Yeah. You can't just give it. It has to be created. Even if I dropped 25,000 on a nonprofit, that doesn't mean all of a sudden that they that they're winning it just means that they got more money yeah. i don't know what they're going to do with it sure but if i know that i can in my own circle of influence if i know that i can create an opportunity for someone then that's how you be able that's how you're able to create change so that's why that's so big for me is again someone did that for me in some instance in in something even i, I think back I, I i remember getting uh this this scholarship called project potential and for um it was awarded back in lexington to kids who were 
at risk, whether they didn't have both parents in the home or whether they were living, you know, a little bit under the poverty line, whatever. I got one of these scholarships. It wasn't a huge scholarship, but guess what it did? It offset the cost of books for me when money was already slim. And what that so that little bit helps. Right. So it's always about how do you create opportunities? But that was that scholarship was created by someone who said, you know what, I can make a difference and give a little bit of money to someone who probably needs it. And yeah. even in that little thing, whoever thought, and I have no idea who, who thought that, but whoever thought of that, well, they can create an opportunity for me, yeah. which in turn now is coming around full circle to where I can help create opportunities for other people. So that's the roundabout way of it. But for me, that's just, that's my DNA is that I'm, I want to create spaces for other people. I want, ultimately, I want to find the next Gerard, right? Yeah. I want to find the next person who, if I can just give that kid a chance, if I can just give that young man or that young woman a chance, they're going to flourish, right? Mm-hmm. Because for me, that's what happened. I ended up getting some chances. I had some cr- opportunities created for me. And then I got the baton, and I've, and I've been running ever since. So how can I do the same thing for someone else? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept to think through because I feel like I've, I've had this conversation with people in the past, and it's the opportunity – you're you're having to work yourself to prepare for that opportunity when it makes itself right. available. So that's going to be back to your persistence and your patience. Mm-hmm. And then when the opportunity comes, what are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? Right. Because a lot of times you 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 hear those stories with people, or maybe you don't hear the stories because it died a slow, painful death. Mm-hmm. But they got an opportunity, but they squandered it. Right. And being prepared for an opportunity is huge because oh, yeah. I would I would venture to say that. And based off of everything that you've just talked about over the last uh, 30 minutes or so, those opportunities that were presented as you progressed through your career, people that were giving you those opportunities probably had a higher, uh, a, a less of a risk that they were taking on you. But in the early stages, they were taking a risk and they had no idea what that outcome was going to be. And you proved yourself a little more and a little more every single time. That took Absolutely. you to that next opportunity. Absolutely. But had you never been prepared for it or not working yourself for that, then what's the end result? We're not sitting here having this conversation because right. there's no there's no right. point in it, right? Right. Um, you 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 got to be able to deliver and being transparent. I think is three times harder when you are a person of color because all those things aren't always given to us quite frankly so you know i you have to work three times harder like when i talk to some of the kids that i mentor or i go out here and speak i'm always telling them you got to work five times as hard because for right wrong or indifferent sometimes when your last name is levine or if your last name is belk (laughs) or if your last name is you know whatever yeah sometimes it's given to you but sometimes for us you got to work twice as hard you got your your resume has to be sharper you know your Conduct has to be sharper. I got to make sure that I look the part, that I dress the part, that I show up. I got to be on time. I got to make sure that I, and then after all of that, to your point, I also got to execute. Yeah. Because it's one thing to get the opportunity, but then it's another thing to actually execute on it. And I don't care what color you are. Yeah. If you don't execute, then you're not going to have longevity. Yeah. And so that's another thing that's that's about me. I'm going to work hard, but I'm sure enough going to execute, right? Yeah. Because if I don't, then I'm going to lose that opportunity that I worked so hard to get. So, and I think sometimes people do uh, lose sight of that as well. They they work so hard to want to launch the business, so they didn't get the social media posts and the likes. Yeah, <laughs> that that they're not ready to actually do the business or actually ready for the peaks and valleys that's going to come with it because it's going to come. Yeah, I don't care who you are, you're going to hit some peaks and some valleys. Um, but are you ready for that? Right. Mm. So it's it's one thing to say, oh, I started my business, right? But it's another thing to have have 
business with longevity. Mm-hmm. And you see that over time, but that's just for me. And so you, you got to learn how to execute, but you, you, you also got to work hard and you, and, and you got, you have to deliver. So I want to kind of put a bow on this and, and, and bring it to a close. If you were if you were to give a piece of advice to anybody listening, you know, you're talking to small business owners, leaders, it really a lot of different people, but you're talking to those people, what is the advice that you're giving? What is the thing that you'd say, "Hey, if you can if you can kind of keep this in mind, this is going to be very beneficial or it will help you in the long run." I remember uh, I was at some panel and someone said something that I thought was profound. It was simple, but I thought it was profound, and he said, "Bloom where you're planted." And for me, that means wherever that this journey takes me, I'm going to make the most of it. Right. Mm. Um, I never thought that I'd be, you know, running a foundation or uh, being a business owner. For me, it was not obtainable Um, for a long time. When I looked around my surroundings, I didn't think that I was going to do that. I thought maybe I'd, you know, get a job in a furniture factory or. Uh, when I was in high school, I was working at Bilo. I was bagging groceries. I thought, all right, maybe I might be a GM one day. Yeah, yeah. And and that was for me. That was that was success because that's all I saw sure. around me. Um, but now, like, it was really cool. I was having this conversation with my wife and with my with my mentor the other day. Um, what is now the thing that I used to aspire for, like for my kids, is their floor, which is really cool. So mm-hmm. now the my ceiling is now their floor. That's yeah. where they're starting. So I think that's really cool, but it's only because I've bloomed wherever I've been planted, right? Wherever I've been planted in the NBA, all right, I bloomed. I was in corporate America for a little while, I bloomed. Um, working in a nonprofit now, I bloomed. Being an entrepreneur, I'm blooming, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, but I, I also can't make sure that I'm just getting stagnant and I'm okay with that. So I have to continue to do it. But wherever you plant it, you bloom, and so. Um, that's that's the first thing I can think of when you ask me for for advice to give someone. Just bloom where you're planted. I think a lot of times people might get in a job and they're frustrated with it. There's some there's a reason why you're there, right? There's got to be some sort of reason. Either you're getting something that's going to prepare you, you're going to acquire some sort of skill, you're going to meet someone. Like there's always a reason of why you're at a place. Mm. If you just bloom though, you'll get something out of it, you know. Or and but so many times we want to leave before. We've bloomed, right? We, mm. You want to leave before the, uh, I'm, I'm no horticulturalist. <laughs> I'm, I'm no specialist or whatever. But, you know, you, you, you leave before the seeds have been planted, before they fully bloomed, before, you know, uh, osmosis or any of that stuff happens. Like you, you basically you, you move before it's supposed to happen. If you just bloom where you're planted, you'll be fine. So just uh, I just think about that in any aspect of my life. I've always just bloomed where I've planted. So I try to make the most of it out of every situation. It's got to be a learning opportunity. There's got to be experience that I'm going to gain. There's going to be a skill set that I'm going to gain. There's going to be a person that I'm going to meet. And for the most part, that's always happened, yeah. right? So you just have to look at it on the bright side, you know, fix your focus, all that stuff, and you'll be good. Yeah, I like it. Shout out to former Bilo employees. <laughs> I mean, hey, it works now. That Bilo isn't there anymore, so it's now. Uh, I think it's not church back in Lexington. Uh, but hey, you you were one. I was a cashier. For real? Total yeah. zero cash. That's how See, you had. That's I, how you had to I cash just out. wanted to be a bagger. They wouldn't let me bag the groceries. Yep. I was so frustrated. So I went from bagger, I cashier. Then when I was a uh, um, uh, gap year, and once I graduated high school, and then before I started college, I was on the stock team. I was working third shift. There you go. That was pretty cool. So yeah, I, I made my rounds. My wife worked at Bilo too. So there we, you just, go. We, got, we got a little. We got a little. Alumni group. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, last thing, uh, 
if anybody wants to get a hold of you for the Steve Smith Foundation yeah. or for your your new business, the Creative Collaborative, yeah. What, what do they need to do? Yeah, so um, for Steve Smith Foundation, uh, you can find us across all social media at Steve Smith FDN. So at Steve Smith FDN, uh, my personal handle. Um, I'm at G Little John uh, on Instagram at G underscore Little John on Twitter. And so for um, my entrepreneur endeavor for Creators Collab um, on Instagram is at Creators dot Collab, okay. and then on uh, Facebook is Creators Collaborative. So um, follow me. I'm always trying to put out good stuff. I'm trying to get better at social media. I'm good for other people's social media. When you ask me to, like, if you hire me, I'm sure. great at that. Yeah. My own personal one, I just don't like talking about myself, really, where, where it boils down to. So uh, I'm terrible at my own social media, but yeah. for anything else, I'm great. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thanks I for think, having me. I think you have brought to light a lot of really relevant points, and I, I think the the advice of bloom where you're planted, do the best in the area that you're at right yeah. now is is great advice for anybody at any level. So that's, that's awesome. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. So if this is your first time watching or listening, we've got a slew of other episodes. We've got well over 50 or 60 episodes online and available. We invite you to subscribe. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on all of the networks, Facebook, YouTube, um, and Pod, uh, Periscope, yeah, Twitter, for whatever reason, left me. And then you can get us on any of the podcast networks. You can subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, give us five-star rating um, and share this on social media if you would. And you can tag us at L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C um, so other people can get great content like this and stories like we've shared today. So uh, other than that, we'll see you next time on the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. Yes.